was very vague. Yeah, they're they're not really showing anything. It looked cool what they did show though. Oh yeah, there's a release date for it now. I think it's like <clears throat> May next year or Yeah, it's yeah. in May. The trailer for or like the, the big trailer for Breath of the Wild was so good. Yeah. That was like the best trailer for anything I've ever seen. Yeah. I I know I can I complain quite a bit about Breath of the Wild. It's it's still a fantastic game. Yeah. Before uh, the sequel comes out, I'm going to go back to it and just start over again and, I mean, and beat it again, probably. It's pretty short. Is like, it? You do all the extra stuff. What, like is, you... what do you think is short? Because it took me like 20 hours or so, or maybe more to get where I was. Really? Yeah. How long did it take you to beat it your first time? Probably like 12, 10 or 12. Really? Huh. I didn't do all the shrines, though. Well, but you have to do like a certain amount so you can even get the Master Sword. Well, yeah, I got the Master Sword. Huh. Yeah, I don't remember. Maybe it wasn't taking me that long. I don't remember. Maybe I just was really busy when I was playing it. Uh, yeah, that that was back in a time where I actually had free time to play games all afternoon. So yeah, now the not anymore. Now I get a day like that like once every two weeks if I'm lucky. Yeah, I am. I am gonna pre-order Breath of the Wild too, though. Is it already ready for that, or is it already available? No. Oh. But when it is, I will. I mean, I know I'm going to be getting it, so I probably will too. I, I, I think that's one of the few games that you need to pre-order, though. Cause, that's true. Because um, I, I told you about Splatoon, right? Yeah. Because that was nuts. I did not think that it would be that desired. But this is Breath of the Wild, which yeah. is going to be way more... Um, yeah, somehow I just was able to find a copy of Splatoon 3. So Yeah, I don't know if it was actually that limited, but it was just the day it was coming out. There wasn't that much for some reason. I'm sure they've got more now. Yeah, well, I guess we can start unless we're we keeping should. all this in. I mean, it is very podcasty to talk about games. Yeah, it was kind of rambly, though. I don't I'm not really remember where we even started. I'll find out when I go, go back. To the audio, I guess. I suppose. Well, anyway, welcome back to the Anime Intellectuals podcast, uh, the world's most intellectual podcast on the internet. Um, I forgot to do the the intro thing, but it's fine. Uh, yeah, it's been a minute. By the time this one comes out, it'll. I'm pretty sure it's been like a month. Um, and the reason for that is that school has started, and we are both very busy. Not school for you, but other things for you, other responsibilities, duties. Duties. Um, Yes, I'm working for the United Earth government and piloting Gundams to defeat Xeon. That's what I'm doing. It's made me very, very busy. But Mark, that's too straightforward. You have to be a part of um, a rebellion group. That's not quite on one side, but they're not really on the other either. But they're fighting against an evil part of the part that of one part of Xeon, but they're not necessarily evil like Xeon, but there's just a certain branch that is evil. So they're fighting them, but also the good guys who were the good guys before, but now maybe they're not are fighting them. You got to make it a little bit more like confusing. 
I don't have we talked about how we're going through Zeta Gundam? I do I think we have, I right? I don't think we have. But we are. I, I forgot about that. We need we do need to get back on that <laughs> eventually. Yeah. Did I tell I, you that I'm in the middle of watching King of the Braves Gal Gygar? Uh you did not. Okay. I am like I'm farther in that than I think we are in, in Zeta Gundam already. We're on like episode thirty seven or thirty eight of Zeta Gundam. Maybe. Yeah, we're getting there, but man, so, there's just not, I think the problem is with watching it like we are, there's not a one specific through line to follow like the first Gundam, because like the yeah. first Gundam, like they're just, they're trying to escape and get like from the enemy lines and get back, get everybody who's not supposed to be there back to their families and homes and stuff. And then, you know, stuff happens, but there's like a goal. Yeah. But in Zeta Gundam, there's just so much going on. But... It's like, because the faction, uh, they're, um, what's his name? The... I don't remember. <laughs> I don't can't remember anybody's names. What is the main character's name of Zeta Gundam, Mark? I remember. It was, this is a weird name. I, it is um, a weird name. I genuinely cannot think of what it is. <laughs> uh, Does it start with a K? Uh, I don't think so. No. Oh, it is uh, Camille. Yeah, Camille. That is a strange name. Yeah. He's fighting for the resistance force, um, except not the resistance. They're just a faction of the resistance or something. Well, they're the resistance um, for the main Earth government, except not because... They're only fighting a faction of the main Earth government. Yeah. And Zeon's just kind of there. Oh, yeah. They're not even a part of Zeon. I forgot. Yeah. But now Zeon yeah. is getting involved. Yeah. And just making stuff more complicated. And Char's on not Zeon's side. So, I mean, however that happened. Char he, isn't there. It's, uh, what was his I'm, fake name? I'm I forgot. sorry. Um, um, starts with a Q, right? <laughs> remember. Lieutenant Quattro. Quattro. <laughs> yeah. The only through line in Zeta Gundam is the slaps. That's the only through line. Somebody gets slapped every episode. At least four times an episode. It's always somebody gets upset and then they get slapped. They're like, you're acting like a child. <laughs> I want them to make like a I don't know if there has one has been one of these before, but like a mech show or like Gundam, not Gundam specific, but just like mech show parody where it's just like over the top and people are just constantly getting slapped. Like there's just one character that's a commander. He's like, let me teach you something. We're going out of line. And then he just walks down the line of, of like soldiers and just starts slapping each of them. And then he goes back the other way and he starts slapping the other cheek. He's like, that'll wonder... teach you a lesson. I wonder if there's a Gundam slap compilation on YouTube. I would say if there isn't, I would make one, but I'm not going to bother to go back through Data Gundam. There's too much going on. I don't remember like a oh lot. My God. <laughs> there is one. Every is it slap, just for Zeta? It is. Every <laughs> slap of shit of Zeta Gundam, it's oh. a minute and 21 seconds. Oh long. my God. <laughs> Dang. It's incredible. Yeah, nobody's safe from it too in Gundam. The women get slapped, the men Ooh. get slapped, everybody in between gets slapped, the dogs probably get slapped. I haven't seen that one yet, though. 
The kids get slapped all the time. Everyone gets slapped. Nobody is free. The people who get slapped slap back and then get slapped again. Unless you're Lieutenant Bright, then you get a free pass. Yeah, I don't think he's... I think he's unslapped, but he is not the unslapperer because he has done the slapping. He does the slapping, but he doesn't get slapped. No, he's he's the OG. He doesn't... I'm sure Amro has been slapped a bunch, even though he's still the best character. Then they just don't focus on him. Even uh, Char gets slapped a few times, I think. Yeah, he gets slapped by people he slapped, people he hasn't slapped, people he's thought about slapping, but they slap him first, unexpectedly gets slapped. Obviously, Camille gets slapped around all the time. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I think Macross would have been better if there was just a slap every 20 seconds like Zeta Gundam. I would have liked to see a lot of the characters in that show get slapped. Just uh, <laughs> Menmay just starts singing. Yeah. <laughs> My boyfriend is a pilot. Somebody's just like, shut up. Just slaps. <laughs> that would have been, that would have bumped that show up for me real high. Um, every time um, the, a battle started, she had to start singing. It was terrible. I still haven't watched uh, the Macross movie. Do you remember love? It's supposed to be really good. But every time I think about it, I'm like, but, but Macross. <laughs> but supposedly it's like really good. But that's what people said about the original series too. So I don't, I don't trust Macross fans. Oh, most of the episodes are animated really poorly. But then there's just a couple that are, look really great. Remember the knife fight? <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. It was just a bunch of knife noises, and you see blurs on the screen. It wasn't even blurs. It was just like static images like moving. It was so bad. And then like the good animation was like they had like five different clips of good animation of things like blowing up in space. And yeah. they just used those like eight times an episode. Well, no, there was that one episode where the earth blew up and it yeah, was, that was awesome. really well. That was a good episode. That was like a good episode in a rain in a like a pool of really like mediocre just bad episodes that was like a, a gundam caliber episode that did not deserve to be in macross the, the ending of gundam was incredible yeah and like even even with everything we've said about zeta gundam at least it's still like really well done um yeah, I mean, uh, definitely fights wise animation wise it's like pretty much improved overall I they don't believe. cut back on the animation as far as i can tell no, there's like a few reused things, but it's not enough. It's, it's no macros. Yeah. And honestly, I, I would rather studios reuse certain scenes than resort to using CGI. Yeah, I think like it feels like a quarter of every Gao Gaigar episode is a, a reused clip of transformations. Like once they start getting the whole team of robots together, but it's done so well and the like the, the transformation music is so good that I just don't care. But in Macross, it's just like, oh, look, this thing exploded again. Oh, look at the blue ball in space is exploding. Isn't this tension? Doesn't this just have you on the edge of your seat? Yeah. Um, a lot of the reused scenes were just the enemy pods getting blown up. Well, no, Mark, they didn't get blown up. What happened was they learned that there was a specific spot on like the back that you could shoot and then it would disable it so they didn't hurt the pilots. Oh, and you remember how 
they caused disarray and a break of the chain of command in the alien empire because Minmei sang on their radio frequency. Yeah, and I remember us sitting there being like, yeah, in this next episode, that better not happen, I swear. But I was like, yeah, they they won't do that. Like, not for this. And then they just did. And that was that. And then there was like a time skip. And then I don't... What happened after the time skip? They went the, back the ones on Earth. Earth started like rebelling yep. again. And then I don't remember after that. Um, it ended when that one guy, he was going to crash the ship into the middle of the city. And yeah. then... Min May saying he didn't that will happen. Maybe like he blew up. It was something like that. Did um did the uh did the best did best girl die? I don't remember her name. Um uh the military girl. The, the yeah, the, the brown haired Yeah. I don't think so. Oh no, she didn't die. Okay, but but um can't remember the main character's name, but the main character did not go with uh, Minmay at the end, which I appreciated no. at least. At least we had that. Yeah, that was that was the one redeeming thing. Honestly, so, it started out really good too. It had a really good starting premise. Yeah, yeah. I d- I don't know where we started on this tangent, but we went way off whatever we were starting with. Well, I think we were talking about the news. Were we? Were I don't know we? if I said we were doing the news. I guess I should say that. Now, before we get into our reviews, let's get into some news. All right, now we can get into the news. So, I didn't pull up the article for this for some reason. Um, but did you know that there's going to be a new Psychopaths movie? I didn't know that. I knew that but because I saw it, but I forgot until I looked through my phone up to like a month ago. Yeah, it's for the 10th anniversary. Okay, yeah, I remember this because they did a uh, like a... A little trailer putting together a bunch of stuff from everything that's happened so far and it was really cool hmm. um, but it's called psychopath providence and it's got the whole gang including kogami finally oh, the whole nice. gang all of them there are a lot are uh i won't spoil psycho but yeah when is this supposed to happen oh it's in okay no the 10th anniversary project is in october uh the film has been greenlit they have not done a date for it yet. Apparently, they had a special cafe, uh, which is cool. Um, Wasn't there an Attack on Titan cafe at one point? I, there's probably been a cafe for everything. There's cafes for like the tiniest things that last for like three days. And they just sell like a $20 Amu rice that has like a characters on it or something. They had a Nichijou cafe. Yeah, see, I would, I would willingly... Uh, get scammed to go to the Nichijo Cafe though. Like there were, there's some like I understand why they still exist because people were like, oh shoot. So I don't know if you knew this, but apparently I'm reading here in this article. It says the first season Psychopath radio program is returning on the internet radio station Onsen and Spotify on the second Friday of every month, starting in September. Uh, Kenji Nojima Nobuchika Ginoza will be the host. So I apparently they had like a radio show to go with the. Uh, the anime of the, the airing of the first season. I did not know that. Hmm. But that sounds cool. Mappa wants to adapt every Fujimoto manga. Yeah, I don't have an article for that one, but basically, apparently, the some higher-ups at Mappa have said that they want to adapt every Fujimoto manga if they can. 
which obviously includes Fire Punch, which would be amazing. I still haven't read Fire Punch. Fire Punch is really good. Very strange, but also really good. But you know what to expect from Fujimoto. Of course. And then I I do think it would be cool if they just had like an anthology of his best short stories too, because he has some really good ones. I think uh, Look Back's probably my favorite one. Um, Yeah. And then second best one, the... Uh, the movie one i'm forgetting what it's the called movie one yeah oh goodbye airy that's what it's called yes goodbye airy and they're coming out or they may have already come out with a uh a bunch of omnibus like compilations of his other short stories so i haven't read any of those yet um and then this is just an update on some stuff that is happening around this time next month and that is chainsaw man airing starting october 11th which is crazy soon it feels like not that long ago that it was announced and now it's just here uh but urusei atsura is also october 13th and to your eternity is also in october but you said it was like the 20 something right towards uh, the end it's not been confirmed when it will officially be out oh, i see my hope is that it's october 12th so we can just get chainsaw man to your eternity urusei atsura that would be very nice uh, yeah. i hope so but yeah next season is going to be nuts and since we've not made an episode for a long time, our next episode is probably just going to be uh, seasonal. So we'll get to the shows of next season then. Indeed. And then, so this is some more actually like actual important news. Definitely not something I just looked up to fill in spot. Uh, Sazanami Soshino, Soshini Shoujo Sasagu anime. Um, see the premise for this one. Publisher Shueisha, or no, this is different. Publisher Sui Seisha revealed on Wednesday that the Comic Festa anime series of Aki Murakami's Sazanami Soshi ni Shoujo o Sasagu sa Jikuri Ai Demashoka, which uh, and it's translated roughly apparently means I give my virginity to Soshi Sazanami, now let's take our time to love her. Uh, it will premiere on Tokyo MX and BS11 in 2023. Uh, the, uh, the little blurb here is the manga centers on a 26-year-old virgin office worker named Nagisa. She takes a trip with the aim of improving on her shyness and has a chance meeting with a Yakuza member named Sazanami. She brings a relation. She begins a relationship with him after they stay together for one night. Does this sound promising to you, Mark? Um, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. This is just on the front page of the new site I use for some reason. So I just, I don't know anything about it, but it sounds like what you would expect from a shoujo manga. Which is neither good nor bad, but is it a show? Yeah, I guess no, it definitely is. Um, so yeah, I I expect um I expect it to be a, a drama of some sort, but hopefully yeah. it's funny because there's a yakuza guy. Yeah, did you know there's a yakuza show happening this season? Uh, maybe it's about it's a comedy. It's about uh oh yeah yeah a yakuza guy and he has to take care of like the boss's daughter like young daughter or something i had never i didn't watch any of it but apparently it's all right i saw it but i haven't watched it um next up let me make sure it's actually next up so sin duality game gets an anime so uh since you didn't even watch or see the nintendo direct i'm assuming you didn't see the playstation thing um and there was a a pretty cool looking mech game that was announced um the characters in this in the story seems extremely obnoxious but the mech action looked really cool. 
So, or maybe that was a different game. Oh. Maybe I think this one was the one that looked better. The story was maybe better. But I am I am excited for this one. I'll probably get it because mech. Um, but yeah. I'm not sure I when. Gonna... What? I was gonna say, did did the, the mech pilots scream and give out cheesy one-liners? Probably, but I expect that. There was an. It wasn't this game. I don't think it was another game where it was like, oh, oh my god, that it was a different one. I mean, you just you kind of have to have that. Here, I'll I'll read the blurb for the game that anime is being made out of. The year is 2222. It has been years since Tears of the New Moon, a mysterious rain, poured and wiped out almost the entire human race. The poisonous rain gave birth to deformed creatures devouring for humans, and humanity fled from the danger. As means for survival, the humans then build an underground haven, Amasia. In this new-built dystopian city on a pursuit of maintaining their existence, they run into an artificial intelligence named Magus. Not knowing how things will work between them, the story of how humans and AI coincide and try to find their truths begin. Interesting. Yeah. And then, so if you thought the uh, altogether volume of Death Note was a little excessive, well, I have just the book for you. It is the all-in-one one-piece print, which has now become the world's largest book. Uh, So apparently a French publisher issued the manga's first 102 volumes as a 21,450-page book. Um, The world's largest book is One Piece. So claims French publisher JBE Books, which is releasing the manga's first 102 volumes as an all-in-one edition across 21,540 pages. Uh, The limited edition 50-print run is being sold as an avant-garde art piece called One Piece, with no space. The work is credited to artist Ian Manauk, who describes it as the materialization of an ecosystem saturated by media. Shut up. Uh, the book's format intended is intended as a commentary on piracy and online fan culture. What? Mm. I didn't get this far. Well, according to the publisher, online participatory culture and the medium's new network possibilities have intensified the nature of comics beyond the scope of professional established expertise with new and disruptive forms of entrepreneurial fan culture. Readers scan, translate, and distribute online their favorite manga series. Uh, this art piece is a product of this expanded digital production belt. The book aims to shift the understanding of digital comics from a qualitative examination of the formal possibilities of digital comics to a quantitative reappraisal of comics as big data. I don't know what that means. Uh, The artist Menauk is known for creating remixes of influential comics. Some of his projects have been controversial, such as Cats comic, a redraw of the French edition of Art Spiegelman's Mouse, portraying the characters as cats instead of mice. Do you know any of those? I have no idea. Uh, the publisher accused the book of copyright infringement in 2012, and Menok destroyed the copies on their request. Uh, this huge one-piece book measures 12 by 18.5 by 80 centimeters and has a spine width of 80 centimeters, 31.5 inches. It is, pre- it is presented as a single volume, literally one piece, inside a black slipcase. Each, bo- each copy is numbered and contains Menok's signature. It was first announced last week, but it is already sold out, according to JB Books' website. Yeah. So I feel like if he got copyright infringement for whatever he did before, how is he not getting it for just putting the entirety of One Piece together and selling it? You know... As an art, as an avant-garde art piece. Uh, I don't know. What do you mean, Mark? It's very important. It's The aim of this is to shift the understanding of digital comics from a qualitative examination of the formal possibilities of digital comics to a quantitative reappraisal of comics as big data. Um, you know what big data is? Big da- Is that like 
is it like when people say big pharma and stuff is it, it's like a, a the conspiracy theory thing uh, i'm pretty sure it just refers to data sets that are so big that you just can't like fit them in one computer or one processing software i assume what he's trying to say apparently is that look at all these people pirating one piece online all of 1000 whatever chapters of it and look how much this could be in a physical thing now don't you feel bad no i just think you're stupid why are you doing <laughs> i don't understand no it looks really dumb if somebody was selling the it for like 20 bucks i might buy it or something just because it's so dumb but if you tried to read it, wouldn't you just break the spine because it's not a hardback? So I guess the way that it would work is you would just have to like revolve it in like a circle once you get to a certain point. I don't know. It definitely doesn't function as a book because it's supposed to be like, look, you can't even. I, I don't know what he's trying to say exactly. It's dumb. Oh, I tried reading the Death Note one and you couldn't even open it all the way yeah you would just have to wrap it around something like a just a giant circular pole and then just move along the pole slowly as you read it you would have to um like do a leather binding and then make a giant hardcover it, it would be like you know how they have the giant bibles and monasteries with with the catholics um like in the middle ages yeah those aren't it would be like that. Yeah. those are like really tall though right yeah yeah i don't know i don't know why this was made it's kind of dumb i hope he gets sued because he's literally just reselling one piece yeah uh, he Pretty didn't even sure. wait for it to be finished why didn't he wait for it to be finished so he could actually call know. the one piece then this isn't one piece it's going to have to have like a, a dlc pack and a DLC pack that's probably going to be like another quarter of what it already is. I'm sure Oda is going to take care of him. He, it doesn't even, I don't think Oda is like involved with all that stuff. Usually with the suing maybe, and stuff, it's Toei. Maybe, yeah. I was going to say, maybe he he doesn't care. And he's just I don't think, I don't think he really cares personally, but it's just the company that it's published by that cares. Maybe. Because, you know, he's probably just, you know, working on the next chapters. I mean, because like he's made enough money off one piece that um, he's he's pretty much set. Yeah. You know, I like I'm not sure if he's the kind of person to always need to be doing something or if he's just going to be finished once he finishes one piece. Either that or he's going to take a huge break and maybe come back. But I don't think he'll ever do a weekly series again. Oh, yeah, because at this point, One Piece is... Um, he's just doing it for fun and for the fans because he, he does not need the money. No. I, at, at, on one side, I want One Piece to finish so this man can get his well-deserved rest. But also, I don't want it to end. But I'm fine with him taking... like Because there have been more breaks in the manga recently, like... He'll have just like a, a week or two week break every now and then. And then there was like the big month one that hadn't happened in a really long time. So I'm fine with that. I don't care. I wish they'd do the same thing with the anime. 
Hunter Hunter is continuing after what, an, like an eight-year hiatus or whatever it was? Yeah, a lot of people care about that. I don't really care. I think he like finished uh, a volume, and apparently that's an accomplishment, but whatever. Anyways, I don't know. I, have, I haven't seen or read Hunter Hunter, so I, I don't know. Yeah, like I say, every time it comes up, it's it's fine. It has its moments, but it's not something that I would be like, like if One Piece ended right or like he stopped writing One Piece right now towards the end. And then he was he was like, yeah, by the way, I'm writing the next chapter of One Piece. I'd be like, oh, my God. But like Hunter Hunter, I'm like, eh, hey. people are very excited. Yeah. Hunter Hunter fans um, they act like it's, you know, the, the greatest thing to ever exist. And yeah. some other people say it's just good. So I'm not not really sure because you know I haven't seen it, but it is on my watch list. Yeah, you should watch it eventually because I'm interested to see what you feel about it. Because if if you start if you start saying like Jordan, no, what are you what are you saying? This is like actually the greatest thing I've ever seen. I'll I'll be like, what <laughs> what did I miss? Um. All right, what's up next? Next we have Bochi the Rock anime. Uh, first video announces more staff in October 8th debut. Uh, the staff for the anime of Aki Himaji's four-panel manga, Bochi the Rock, revealed the anime's first full promotional video on Wednesday and announced the more staff members in the anime's premiere date. So I'm assuming this is about Rock, uh, the images of four girls in a band. So it's going to be about a band. There's a lot of those. Yeah, this doesn't look like an idol one, though. This looks like an actual... well. It's not like a like they're dressing up or like anything. It looks like it may be like more genuine. Well, the only uh, girl band anime that I've ever gotten hyped about was Kaon. So yeah, I'm trying to think of. I have really not watched very many idol shows, if any. I think I've watched like a couple episodes of some, but I then it's just like, oh wait, Zombieland Saga, but that doesn't really count. And I didn't really like what they did with it, like going forward anyway. Watch yeah, oh, oh, I gotta watch Kaon. Also, the, the character designs for the show look extremely generic, um, but it's to be expected of Idol Show. Um, next up, we have something interesting. Um, we have Chibi Ham, Juicy, and Me. And I believe this is an anime, and it posted a trailer, which I have not watched, but it is a motion capture anime. So I think it's like 3D. Actually, let me just. Watch this real quick. Like, By the way, I just heard gunshots outside my window. That's it's probably fine. What is going on? So, oh my god, this is so it's like horrific 3D models, and there's like a there's like a blonde fat girl. That's all I got. Uh, and then it's not. It doesn't say what the concept is, but it sure is called Chibi Ham Juicy and Me. See, I, I can just imagine Hayao Miyazaki being there and saying, you know, this is against humanity and nature. This is horrible. What have you created? Do you remember that when he, he went to see the, some uh, CG anime studios thing? They were trying to like make artificial intelligence anime. I don't remember that specifically. Okay, never mind. But I know that does sound like him. But more importantly, 
uh, fitness boxing fist of the North star game revealed for March, 2023. Uh, the description of the game is for resolving lack of daily exercise and strengthening your physical strength. You can enjoy authentic exercise in the world of fist of the North star without changing the functions of fitness boxing. Familiar characters such as Kinshiro have become your instructors, and a new battle mode against rivals from Fist of the North Star has been introduced, allowing you to enjoy the exercise with enhanced action gameplay. Now, I'm watching the trailer right now, and the like this like generic uh, Nintendo fitness character is like talking to Kinshiro. <laughs> this is very funny, but yeah, it's just yeah, this 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 will be good. I don't know if I'll get it. I'll probably forget about it, but. Hmm. Maybe uh, weebs can finally get their exercise. Maybe this is what'll do it. You just start walking around and see everybody have like built arms. Although I guess not many people know about Fist of the North Star nowadays. Yeah. Well, I mean they're releasing the manga, so yeah, it's in Barnes and Noble. Yeah, they probably but... bought some people to it, but I think most people still don't know. I've read through Volume Five so far it's pretty good and next up we have the tommy time machine blues anime clip shows the protagonist monologue so basically i just saw this and realized that uh this is out now i'm pretty sure it's out on disney plus uh so i will have to watch this okay so it's wednesday september 14th yeah that was yesterday and it's going to stream for five episodes man that is that is sad but it's going to be weekly, so I guess one episode of it is out. And then a sixth episode is going to happen on October 12th. And then there's going to be a compilation film, apparently. I don't know, but I'm excited to watch it. And then apparently Spy X Family's Anya is a table tennis champ. The Spy X Family Tot is collaborating with the 2022 World Team Table Tennis Championships. Anya may have finally found her niche in the world of table tennis. She's collaborating with the 2022 World Team Table Tennis Championships, and the joint venture includes a visual of Anya wearing a table tennis uniform and commercials with a voiceover by Atsumi Tanizaki, who I assume is her voice actor. Uh, the ads will appear on the platform for Hibia Station on the Tokyo Metro Hibia line starting September 19th, and during the tournament broadcast, additional collaborative projects will be carried out during the live broadcasts. Yeah. The event marks the return of these championships, uh, in four years after the 2020 World Team Table Tennis Championships in Busan was canceled. Um, China won the gold in the men's and women's events in Sweden in 2018. Uh, and Japan's women's team is the second most successful following China's. So yay. Hooray. Now, I think we talked about this one, but um, the exception horror anime's trailer reveals cast composer in October 13th debut um so this one it's a horror anime it's going on netflix yeah i remember talking about this i remember going through the staff and seeing like a bunch of crazy people and that's why we talked about it but it's it still looks cool i oh i guess i can watch i could just look at the trailer real quick just kind of skip through it oh no hmm. okay it's not horrible i could probably get used to it yeah i'm gonna at least be checking it out for sure um when is this supposed to be happening october 13th oh okay so the same day as ursa yatra so i'll be checking that out to see what's going on there and then finally we may have talked about this we may not have no because the last time i know we talked about which had atelier was getting one but now free beyond journey's end is also getting an anime adaptation um 
Shogakukan announced on Tuesday that Kanahito Yamada and Tsukasa Abe's free run Beyond Journeys in manga is inspiring an anime adaptation. Uh, they did not reveal a format, um, and they, they just put out a visual, which looks like free run, but anime. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It may end up coming out before I end up getting the manga. We'll see. I've heard good things about it, so we shall see. Alrighty. Before we continue, I'm going to have to pause this for a second and go to the bathroom and I will return momentarily. I'll I'll leave us with a like an elevator song or something. Well like the Pokemon Center theme. Pokemon Center. Sure, why not? <laughs> if I remember. Alright, I'll be back. <laughs> Are you just playing? <laughs> he is not here. Mark. <laughs> I'm back. Boku wa kaerimashita, Goshujin-sama. I'm glad you played that just in your mic. I'm sure that'll sound good. It'll sound great. It's fine. It'll add to the charm. Um, where were we? Oh, um, we do still have our sponsor, Takara Cafe. You already know the gist. They're an online manga shop, uh, and they have changed their thing a little bit. Um, our code for it is still the same, all caps, intellectuals, 20, um, except now it gets you 5% off, but that is because um, you get, it's everything on the shop now is 25% off. So it balances out, I think. He's just um, messing with the, stuff a little bit i haven't looked at it in a long time so but yeah still a great place to get some manga i haven't personally done it in a while but i probably will in the future um great packaging uh yeah you know the you know the gist and uh now i will oh before we get on to our actual stuff this is a little late but mark did were you aware of what happened in the span of like a month that we didn't do the podcast um 
the Queen of England died? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, not that, but I forgot that happened. So sorry for spoilers, uh, but yeah, the Queen of England did die. If I feel like this is like we're going to be um, in a scene and like like the scene in Wally uh, where he's like they're like looking at old footage. It's going to be like us as an audiophile talking about the Queen of England's death in the middle of an anime podcast. And that's just going to be like the only record they have. Yeah. So what would you Uh-oh. say to the people 2000 years in the future, Mark, about Queen Elizabeth's death and how sad you are? Um, it was shocking because no, no one ever actually thought she would die, even though, you know, it's what people do. Apparently. I just she figured was, that out. She was uh, an immortal figure. I was convinced well, she was not human. She was more like a symbol, an immortal relic of the past and the present, a symbol of the the never setting sun on the British Empire. And now that sun has finally set. I guess she was technically that kind of symbol, but I was more thinking along the lines of sex symbol. Wait, what? I mean, uh, I'm so sad <laughs> that Queen Elizabeth died. I told you the way I found out, right? Yeah. It was through the Megamind clip. He goes, there is no Easter Bunny, there is no Tooth Fairy, and there is no Queen of England. And I was like, oh, that's a funny joke. And I looked in the comments, and the comments were like, what? No way. The Queen died? I was like, oh, the classic sarcasm comments. And then somebody was like, yeah, if you're reading this and you think it's sarcasm, that this actually happened, you should look it up. I was like, what? It was true. And then yeah. I cried until I had no water left in my body. And I was like SpongeBob and Patrick at the in the SpongeBob movie when they're on the table and they're getting dried out by a lamp. Yeah, I, I got the notification from the NHK news app on my phone. Where were you when Queen Elizabeth died? <laughs> I was in the airport and I saw it and I almost dropped my phone. <laughs> like, bucket up. Like, oh my god, Masaka. Honestly, I figured she would last past 100, but she didn't. I think it was like 96. Yeah, 96. I, I'm pretty sure she's the longest living monarch to ever live. Is that true? I think so. Oh, I would believe it. And now it's King Charles, I believe, her son, who is like, yeah, already really old and like dying. <laughs> I don't think. I don't know if he's dying, but he looks like he's dead. He looks like a corpse. Do you remember those like pictures people took of him that were like going or making the rounds a while ago? This was like a year ago. I heard people are not quite so thrilled about him being the king. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. I don't know where my phone is, but I was going to send you the picture. But he looks like he looks like a zombie. Let me get my phone. It was really funny because people were like, yeah, he's just. He's just really trying hard to outlive Queen Elizabeth, and he just doesn't know that she's immortal. But it happened. I give him another, like, year. I thought it was going to be, like, another five years. For Charles? Oh. Yeah, maybe maybe two. Oh, wait, that's not that's not what's in Charles. It's Prince Philip. I don't remember how he's related to anything. Oh. Uh, what about the other guy who, who defected because he... He fell in love with this American chick. Yeah, I don't remember his name either, but he's doesn't matter. He's young. Mm, like now everybody hates him because he's a disgrace. Apparently. 
because he has actual teeth. He has an actually decent set of teeth on like every single person in Britain. They're just jealous of his teeth. That's Charles? No, that's uh, Prince Philip. Oh. I thought it was Charles. Charles is old, but he's not that old. I don't um, think so. I don't I don't remember how Philip is related to anything, but it doesn't matter because I don't care. <clears throat> oh, apparently there were like celebrations in Ireland when on the day of the Queen's death. They did like fireworks and everything. I find that very funny. Irish. It was what was most funny to me about the whole thing was uh, obviously the internet was just flooded with like memes about her dying and everybody pretty much like 98% of people were going along with it and then there was like this 2% that were like guys this is really insensitive and I'm really disappointed in our next generation of kids and I was just like oh my god god forbid somebody live to 96 years old and die of natural causes and then people were just like that is very I cannot believe what our generation what are they teaching our kids in school well um that's a good question. I'm not really sure. What did it didn't I don't maybe I maybe remember maybe this was just a meme or a dream I had. But did Queen Elizabeth uh, jump out of a plane and skydive for the Olympics or something? Mm-hmm. I feel I remember something like that happening a while ago. I think she did do a skydiving cameo. It was either her or Daniel Craig. <laughs> I think she did it with Daniel Craig. Okay. That'd be funny if I mixed up Daniel Craig with Queen Elizabeth. They do, honestly, the similarities are astonishing. Is Daniel Craig a knight? Or, like, is he knighted? I would assume he is. Maybe. Sir Craig. Anyway, where... Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so the actual thing that happened within the span of a month that we didn't do it is the one-year anniversary of this podcast. Really? Has it been a year? Can you believe it? It has. Our first episode was posted on August 25th of 2021. Incredible. I meant to do something to like mark the occasion. Like I had an idea um, of like going to the first like year or something of anime like listed on like Annie chart or something. And then and then like reviewing some shows from the first year. And then like we just keep going as it goes along. But I, I did not. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. Could be like one of those YouTubers that they do like a Q&A thing. Yeah, where... we don't have that kind of engagement though, unfortunately. Even though we have been doing it for a year. We've kind of yeah. had some like just steady viewers, which is fine. Yep. I'm just doing this so I can put it on my resume. I don't actually care about giving you the news or my opinions on things. No, but it is good experience for us and it is a good habit, I guess. And it's good for like, because I have radio shifts now because I'm taking an audio production class. So I have radio shifts at my college and it it definitely was easier for me to speak into a mic to like campus than it would have been if I hadn't done this, I think. Probably. Because everybody else was really nervous it, like because they didn't want to mess anything up, but I wasn't really that nervous. I was just like, yeah, I mean, it's the usual. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's not like um, you risk danger if you don't understand um, a, a certain radio clearance. Well, it's not like you're in a busy airspace. No. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah. When, anyway. when I'm on, I gotta I gotta be pretty crisp. 
pretty clean. What was it that one guy said? Like he, he wasn't using the correct terms for his like uh, alphabetical stuff like, for his tag. Or for his tail number, he said yeah. the numbers and then uh, Sierra Papa, but instead he said Sugar Papa. <laughs> and then the, funny. the guy on the other side was like, what? Yeah. Did he just say it? The other plane on the frequency was like, did, did you just say Sugar Papa? And he responded, yeah. And so he just made his traffic calls like that. And then when he left the the airport, um, the other plane was like, I love you, daddy. So he oh left. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some crazy people in, in the piloting field, I'd have to imagine. I suppose. But yeah, a year. That's longer than, I think the average length of a new podcast is like three episodes. So we're definitely past that. It's been very spotty. Uh, obviously, we we like barely ever do weekly uploads, like our subtitle says on everything we have. But I don't, I don't want to change it because I'm lazy. Uh, and also, we do every like blue moon. Um, and also, I don't care. And also, yeah, a year. A year is pretty cool. So here's, here's to another year, I guess. I guess we... Uh, I, w- I would do the... Um, well, well, no, I guess... what. You know, like, cheers, gone pie. Isn't that what they say? Oh, yeah, I just didn't hear you say that. Uh, prost. Maybe one day we'll get, uh, we'll be able to not have to do this on Zoom and we can not talk over each other and then be like, what? Every two seconds. Yeah. Yep. One day. But for now, we're just going to keep grinding and uh, hopefully you all will keep listening. Thank you for listening. So where were we? Uh, my reviews. Uh, oh, I was—I haven't said what we were reviewing. So, um, this sounds like I have a lot built up, but a lot of them are shorter things. So I'm just gonna list them off. This one you have also read, so we can both talk about this. I guess just kind of shift up the order a little. Uh, just listen to the song, another short by Tatsuki Fujimoto. Goodbye, Don Gleese, the movie, uh, Cyberpunk Edge Runners, the show Netflix that just released. And go from the other side, an OVA that was not as fresh in my mind because that was a while ago now. And for Mark, we have Origairu and Blue Box, which thought you already talked about. Or we, did well, you just did. say something to me about it? I don't remember. I mentioned it, but I didn't really go into depth. Okay, we're chilling then. Well, I guess first off, we can just get into just listen to the song. Um
this one's pretty simple. Basically, uh, the main character is in middle school or high school or something, and he likes this one girl, and so he makes a song about how he likes her to, and then tells her to watch it so that she can respond. And then he, I think he shows her, like, sends her a link or something, and she watches it, and she's like, ugh. And then that's it. But then uh, it gets spread around to everybody in the whole school as things do. And people are mocking him for it and stuff. Um, and I was like, so when does this get like weird? Because this is like sort of normal bullying, I guess. It's kind of sad, but like. And then people start, it starts getting like millions and millions of views. And you're like, what? Why? Apparently, people found a supposed hidden message in his uh confession video that is supposedly like it was like telling people to rebel against the government or something i don't remember what it's what they thought it said do you remember um it's like a conspiracy theory thing and i don't remember exactly it's been a while um yeah it was something something and so that gets around and that kind of escalates and then obviously people are like when are you going to release your next masterpiece or whatever and so he's like all right and he makes like an actual song and he he like posts it and people are like oh this kind of sucks and then uh i think it ends with him sitting next to the person that he confessed to on the train and she's like you made a song about me that's disgusting and then it just ends yeah it's interesting um yeah i i always appreciate um something absurd happening in his short stories yeah um this one was probably the least impactful out of the ones that i read of his but it wasn't bad no it's it was a little surreal like anything totsuki fujimoto i'm i'm glad to read at this point yeah and i mean there's go ahead it's it's like a a little slice of pie it's like an appetizer, and you and you need more Tatsuki Fujimoto. It's like watching like a small like movie, especially the the movie one, obviously. But then like look back, like that could have just been a movie, and then like this one could have been like a the little short film. Like that's just what his stuff feels like. It feels very cinematic somehow. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, it's some somehow he has. His art style just looks nothing like the other mangaka. It has its own unique shapes and yeah. figures. And I I've noticed something throughout like all of his stuff is his expressions are really good. Like they really get oh, yeah. across like a lot. He does a lot of showing, not telling, which is good. Yeah, the expressions they're kind of more pronounced. They're more dramatic. Yeah. So they're not, you know, just an open mouth. Like you, you see the whole, their whole face kind of contort. Yeah. And it's not, I think what other things usually don't do is they don't want to like make their characters look weird or like being like, act, like actually crying and stuff. Cause like crying when people, when characters cry in anime, usually it's not like how people would actually like ugly cry for a death. But in this, it or in Tatsuki Fujimoto stuff, it feels very real, or at least like hyper real. So it feels like genuine. Exactly. 
yeah, this one's solid. Uh, this one's also shorter than the other ones. Like it's pretty short. It'll probably take you like two minutes to read. So go check it out. See what you think. Yeah. But I believe that is all that uh, we both have seen that we can talk about this episode. Um, there's not a whole lot to talk about it just because it's so short. You just kind of have to go experience it. Yeah. But yeah, that's just listen to the song. Go check that out. It's on Shonen Jump, uh, the Shonen Jump app or whatever. Um, but yeah, and now I will be talking about something that is fresh in my mind because I saw it yesterday, um, which probably won't be represented in my review, but just bear with me. Um, but I saw, I went and saw the movie Goodbye Don Gleese, which was caught my eye because it was by the same director of A Place Further Than the Universe. Um, I believe Ashito Ishizuka something it was something close to that um and yeah so i i don't i don't think they've directed much or maybe anything other than a place for the universe but so that's why i was excited for this one their next like thing um and the it is i'll i guess i'll just uh start like with the premise so goodbye don gleese um basically it starts out with our one of our trio of main characters i guess um surely i can remember his name okay roma his name is roma um and he works with his dad um in the his dad his mom and dad uh in the countryside in the boonies uh of japan and he works as a farmer and so he's shoveling cow manure and he's not having a great time and so every now and then he just sneaks away gets on his bike and just rides around um and it shows that he has a a tent that or like a special camp type club thing called uh Don Gleese um that has been built in the woods somewhere close to his house or right close to the town where they live um and the original duo that created it consists of Roma and his best friend um glasses guy that I don't remember the name of um but um basically they made the club in middle school because they were the outcasts of like their class and they wanted a place where they could go where nobody else had to be there to be annoying. And so they made a little thing in the forest. And so they still go to it every now and then um, and hang out. And so then we cut to the movie kind of jumps around a bit, but basically cut to um, some years in the future. They're nearing the end of high school or something like in the middle of high school. And there is one new member, um, and his name is Drop, and he is a sh- very short uh, high schooler who is very energetic, but not in a bad way. Um, you remember how the character, how the main character of A Place Further in the Universe was really energetic? Yeah. And but like not in an annoying way. Basically, that's what Drop is. Um, and so, what? So he. He gets the ball rolling, in other words. Yeah, so he's the the one who, like, starts all of the action and stuff and, like, convinces them to go on, do things. Um, and so what ends up happening is one year, the trio of them, <clears throat> they have this uh, tradition where during the fireworks festival um, every year, when the town does their big thing, they do their own little thing, uh, out in the woods and um that day uh romo goes and buys like a really high powered lighter 
from the store because it was the only one they had and a bunch of like fireworks that they got on sale. And so they go and they light them all and they try and light them all up and they just don't explode. And then they try it again and they just don't. Um, and so it appears that the fireworks were all old, too old to work. And they were all like, he just bought them all for no reason, basically. Um, oh, and I also forgot, I forgot before this, this was a really funny part. Uh, I get like out of nowhere, they just, uh, they don't even like show them talking about the plan. It just happens. Uh, basically, uh, the short kid drop is like, Hey, so you guys, you know how everybody's together off for the festival from our class, right? Like, yeah, like we should show them something. And they were like, you're right. What do we do? And then it cuts to them. Uh, all three of them dressed up. Okay. No, that's not true. Uh, the main character is, is dressed up like a really distinguished gentleman. And then the other two are all like decked out in females like dresses and they have like balloons. And then they just like walk past their class this morning, like you cut you cut and stuff. And then they're, they're just like, Whoa. And then they, they run off before they find out. And so that, that was funny. Um, and then, so they do that whole fireworks thing and then it just doesn't work. And then um, they're like, hey, does anybody smell like smoke? And they look behind them. There's a giant forest fire off in the distance. And um, so it's it's like a big thing. And also, I forgot to mention, um, Roma was looking to buy this drone for a really long time. And he finally saved up enough money from working on the farm. So he buys this um, good, this cool drone so he can take pictures with it of their fireworks. Uh, but the fireworks obviously didn't work. And in the process of trying to take pictures of their fireworks, he like messes with it wrong or something. And it just keeps flying away and it won't respond to the controls. Uh, so then it's just gone off in the distance. And then so all that money is wasted. And then um, they get back. And then that night they figure out that apparently the entire town or, or like in major outlets are apparently starting to blame them for starting the fire. Because apparently somebody saw that um, Roma had gotten a really powerful lighter and they assumed that that was what started it. And so now they're getting framed for having started the fire. And so they decide the only way they can prove their innocence is by retrieving the footage from the drone that flew off. So now they have to go on a journey through the woods in Japan uh, and find that drone. And so they all go out... Uh, the, the main character and the glasses best friend are on bikes and then uh, Drop is on a scooter and he somehow keeps up with them. I'm not really sure how, uh, but he does. And they're, they well, go... You said they went to Iceland. Not really. You read the like um, the summary for it, right? Or like the thing for it? Not really. Oh, okay. I thought you were like reading it out or something and it said this, like their journey goes brings them to Iceland or something. Because like Iceland is part of it, but it's not like it's not like that. Like they're in the woods in Japan. It's just that what they 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 don't go to Iceland. Then I don't want to spoil the events of some of the events of the movie. I'll just say that. All right, all right, fine. Um, it's not like major twist spoiler, although kind of sort of is, but not really. But I just I think it's better without uh, knowing some things. But I will. Uh, release the information that drop is indeed from Iceland. So, yeah. 
Um, but they're going on this journey to find this drone. And so they're just going off of the tracker app and trying to make their way through the forest and getting lost and stuff, obviously, and having to camp out, uh, running into a bear and then spraying it with like body spray and then it goes away. And then they're all they're running around and, and falling down waterfalls and antics. Um, and then every now and then they'll get really sentimental uh, and start talking about the old days and, and dreams and how you have to be uh, like, you, you have to kind of stand out from the crowd and blaze new paths if you want to achieve what you want to achieve in life, which is kind of the, um, the message of a place further than the universe. Um, it was kind of that basic same thing with this um where basically the the glasses guy he wants to go to he wants to become a doctor and so he uh he's just like planning on going to tokyo for college and stuff and roma is not sure what he wants to do but he knows he doesn't really want to stay at the farm and so he's really not like sure what he wants to do with his life and stuff and so there there'll be some moments where they're like talking about the future and stuff and just saying some like relatable stuff for people who are in that spot, which I could relate to some of it because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then so basically like <clears throat> the core message of this movie is kind of similar to a place for the universe. It's basically that uh, you're going to have to stand out from the crowd and do something in order to achieve the things that you want to in life. And you're actually going to have to put in some effort to do that and go out of your comfort zone. And I think it was done well in this movie. Um, the only real knock I would give this movie is that it doesn't have as long as a place further in the universe to like flesh out its characters and their motivations and everything. Like it, it does what it can. And I think it does the best that it can maybe could have done a little better. Um, but the characterization and stuff in a place for the universe is just, uh, it's just amazing. Um, but if that didn't exist and I didn't know about the director, this would be a very good movie, which it is. Um, but yeah, basically there's that. And then the last quarter of the movie is something that I, I don't really want to give away, um, because it's, it's a big part of like going in blind. It's good to go in blind for that last part. Um, but yeah, overall, I really liked it. Um, I was in a theater and usually for these things, when I go down to my theater that's like an hour away to see these anime movies because they just show them there it's like me and maybe one or two other people um in the theater uh, this time there was actually like 10 or 11 people which was like unheard of and it, it would they were really annoying they kept like laughing at parts like like there was one part where they were like looking at the stars as they were like camping and they, they were like, you remember that song that they used to teach us in junior high? I think it was like Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. And then they started singing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star in like bad English in the movie. Um, but then like the people in the theater were just like laughing their heads off for no reason. And I was like, oh, my God, why? Yeah, that's, that's no good. Yeah. And then um, what was there was a movie I went to see recently and at the end of it, Somebody was like, yeah, that was awful. I think it may have been Inuo. And I, I almost wanted to be like, well, are you dumb? But yeah, I think the crowd, the theater crowd wasn't great. It was fine. Um, it's definitely a movie experience. I think it would have been a better overall thing if it was 
um, like 12 episodes, like a place further in the universe. But for what it is, it is a good package. It's basically uh, a shorter package of the core themes from a place further in the universe. Um, so what I really hope for in the future from this director is that they do more anime because I think that's where they're writing um, and characterization shines the most when they have enough time to flesh out all that stuff. I see. But this one is good. I would definitely recommend seeing it whenever it uh, comes out officially, <clears throat> especially if you like to place further in the universe. Um, but yeah, that is goodbye, Don Gleese. And now I will be talking about Cyberpunk Edgerunners, which I actually finished watching today because it came out like this week at some point on Netflix. And it was all dropped, 10 episodes. Um, and we talked about this happening a while back. And I think our general consensus on it was it's either going to be fun trigger or it's going to be like just a bad video game adaptation. Um, but luckily, it was not only fun trigger, it was finally a good trigger show, which has not happened in a while, like a genuinely good one. Really? Yes. You need to watch this. Um, I will get to it. And it's just 10 episodes long. I literally watched it in a day. Um that's literally what I did with my day off today, basically. And yeah, Cyberpunk Edgerunners is exactly what I thought the game would be. Like the feeling of being in like a cyberpunk city with all this crazy shit happening all the time. Um, and like the just the city and the, the, the nightlife and the characters and the robot parts and the evil corporations and stuff like it's all here, which... It apparently is not or is just very shoddily done in the in the game. Um, and unlike the game, this one has no hiccups. It looks incredible all the way through, as expected to trigger. And their style really works well, like I thought it would for the action, um, for like all the car chases and uh, cybernetic implant battles of people punching each other and looking and going into the future, slowing down time with their implants and trying to fight each other that way and killing like 10 people in like a fraction of a second, all that good stuff. It fits very well with the trigger style. Um, all the characters are very unique and interesting in their own ways. They're not the deepest, uh, but I don't really expect that from trigger, uh, but it doesn't matter because everything else is just amazing. And the story isn't bad either. It's, it's actually pretty interesting and kind of, subversive like there's some twists and turns in it um i guess i should explain the premise of it basically our main character is what's his name david david martinez i literally just finished watching this uh david martinez is our main character and he is a high schooler i believe and he is his mom is working a lot so that he can go to a good college or not a good college a good high school that mostly consists of corporate um, students from Arasaka. So they're all douchebags and um, they all hate him because he's not like them and he's an outsider and he's basically just street trash to them. And so at some point uh, they ins they start insulting his mom outside the school, like a posse of them. And so, He's about ready to beat them up. And then the main bully kid who you would usually see like get just beaten up and the main character gets in trouble and then they get expelled or whatever. 
that does not happen. What actually happens is that the the snotty rich kid goes, "Oh, let me activate my <clears throat> my this kung fu chip that my dad just gave me," and then proceeds to do perfect kung fu on him with their cybernetic arms and just beats him beats him up pretty bad and then they walk away so right off the bat it is showing you that this world is not fair and it is very one-sided for the corporations so basically everybody's aim in night city is to work for the either work for the corporations or do everything they can to bring down the corporations um because corporations in this are everything and they hold all the power and all of the money, which is another theme of the show. Everybody's always needing money. Um, so let's see what specifically to talk about in this. The world is very well fleshed out and very well designed. Um, it's very, <clears throat> it's very much like Blade Runner type, maybe like a dirtier Blade Runner uh, type future. Um, and everything just looks like I thought that the game would be basically. So it all looks really good and all the characters are awesome. There's like uh, this big, this huge guy named Maine and he's got these giant robot arms that turn into guns and he and he's like, he like just grabs people and then shoots them into another person and then throws those two, the two bodies of those people just got shot into like a crowd of people and shoots them all like the action in this is very good and it's very gory like there is a lot of people's heads getting blown off and their brains flying everywhere that is a a common thing yes it is it is very good um and nobody is immune to the head blowing up thing because uh people that you think are going to be mainstays in the show are uh are not and uh, they die in pretty horrific ways sometimes. Um, but that's all I'll say about that. Um, so speak. I guess speaking of the characters, there's there's the main character. He's he's pretty generic, I guess, but not in a bad way. Um, he's uh, he's just a 17 year old kid. And this isn't really a spoiler because it happens in the first episode, and it's kind of a thing throughout the whole. It's like a theme. Um, but. Uh, his mom is driving him back from having to have a discussion with his principal about him, like not uh, doing correct things in school or whatever, because he's a delinquent. And then they're on the road and then they get caught in the middle of um, this, the Arasaka, which is like the big corporation. They're getting like attacked by um, what they're, what are called edge runners, um, which are the, uh, I guess, Basically, like they're they're like bounty hunter groups in the like on the streets of Night City who uh, take gigs to like take um, from eat from different firms and different people in the higher ups who are trying to attack other corporations and stuff. And so they get caught in the crossfire in the middle of this and um, their car gets like shot shot and stuff and they get in a car wreck and um, the they're like not dead, but they're laying there or like they're in the, they're stuck in the car or the main character stuck in the car with the seatbelt stuck. And then his mom's like outside the car on the road. And so it looks pretty bad, but then the trauma team shows up, which is the, um, the healthcare system, I guess in this world. And they go over to his mom and he's like, Oh, thank God they're here. 
and they look at her like information. They're like, yeah, it doesn't look like she has the premium healthcare package. And they're like, all right, I guess these you can just leave these guys to die. And then they leave. And he's like, what? Um, but they didn't pay for the premium package, so they didn't get the service. And then um, so he ends up getting out and he has to take his mom to uh, some underground doctor that'll treat her. And he is like tells him that she's going to live. And then he comes back the next day because he doesn't have the visitation package. So he can't see her. And then the doctor just kind of tells him like nonchalantly. He's like, yeah, she's dead. What kind of um, like burial did you want to have? Do you just want to like burn her? And he's just like in the middle of the moment. He's like not able to process anything. So he's just like, no, yeah, yeah, that's fine. I guess. Yeah. How much money? He's just kind of like not in like thinking. Um, And I'm not sure if they wanted it to be like this, um, but he really didn't seem that affected by her dying. I'm assuming it was just the shock of it all, like everything happening all at once like that. But yeah, I mean, like later on, he it, it like comes up in flashbacks and he like has trauma from it. But in the moment, he I guess he's just too overwhelmed. But um, that happens. And then that spurs him to obviously not go to school anymore and then just become a street, a street guy for good. And he is in a train and or he's in a, like a an aerial subway thing that goes like in a, an aerial railway and you mean a monorail yeah yeah mon- I, I forget that's an actual thing in real life but yeah a monorail and uh that like goes around the city and uh, he notices this uh girl who's like going really fast and like he looks he like looks at her and then he starts seeing like her after image and then he's like huh that was weird but then he can't find her um and then he uh finds like a secret room from his from his mom and it turns out that there was an incident where they had to take down a target with cyber psychosis which is uh a phenomenon which is basically when um a human gets too many inorganic implants and they can't control them uh and then they end up just going and going crazy and they just start like shooting and killing everything uh so this happened to one guy and it took like a bunch of people to take him down it was like the first thing you see in the anime is like the opening scene um and so that guy had a spine implant that was called a, a, stra- a stradivant i think or something like that and it allowed him it obviously like um made his physical strength way like a lot and then um it allows him to like go super fast to the point where like it it gives it an effect where it just has a bunch of like green and blue after images and it just shows them like going around people and basically stopped time like really really slowed down time to represent that but in real time it just takes like a fraction of a second um and so it turns out that it's they had kept that from the scene because his mom was a uh like a medic and that's what she did for a living. And so she was like there on the scene. So for some reason, she had that. And so he's like, you know what? Screw it. Uh, I don't really have anything to live for anymore. So I'm just going to have this guy I know who does like modding to people uh, just implant this on me. And then I'm going to go beat up some people. And so he gets this like military grade spine implant and it's planted into his back. 
and then he goes and beats up the one snobby rich kid from the corporation um who also it turns out to be the son of like a really a person really high in that corporation um but interestingly enough it doesn't really matter because somebody brings it up to the kid's dad and he's like well my son needs to not be weak and then that's the end of that um and then yeah so basically that's the start and then he sees um that girl before that i mentioned who had like after images now that he has the spine thing on he can actually see like what she's doing in the train and it turns out she's uh pick socketing which is pickpocketing but pickpocketing people's like chips that they have in their neck slots um which stores like information and so she does that and then sells them for money so he sees her doing it and she was about to get him but then he like grabs her hand because he can actually see what's happening with the spine implant and then she's like what and then they ended up they end up teaming up and then yeah that's how it starts pretty much mark yes okay i didn't know you were there yeah Um, Yeah. i'm gonna have to get on that yeah it was was really a fun time and the opening is amazing the opening is is up there for the best of this year for sure it's gonna be in there a bold statement like not it not only just the song which is great also just the visuals were, were great and it's very stylized like yellow and blue and obviously trigger so it's pointy and the action is really good and stylized it's just it's just good trigger stuff the usual yes it's probably next on my watch list that that in jojo yeah honestly um pretty much like uh goodbye donglese the only problem i really would have if i had to say i had a problem with it is that it probably needed longer to flesh out some characters um but it, it does fine but it it could benefit from some more fleshed out like motivations and stuff um but it's it's a good fun time like i said not the deepest thing ever but it is a very fun time yeah the trigger anime is not really supposed to be deep it's just it just needs a plot to move forward to yeah. get to the good stuff but yeah that is cyberpunk edge runners very good would recommend um and now for finally i will be talking about something that is not as fresh in my mind um, which is Girl from the Other Side, which is the OVA that finally released. So I'll just kind of I'll just kind of go over what I remember uh, from this one. Um, so basically, Girl from the Other Side, there was a shorter, uh, like twenty minute long OVA or released before this the other stuff was, and it was like a prequel, I guess, or like it was in the middle or something. But basically, the concept of this one is um, it's a world. It's, I guess, like a medieval, magical sort of fantasy setting world where um, there's two, there's the regular people and then there's um, another side, which is these black demon bird looking things um, that have a curse where if they touch any human with their like black bird curse or like like if they touch any human at all, um, they turn them into like a a demon also or either that or they just die um and so uh, it starts out there is i don't really remember what happened i think what happened was this girl's parents got like um killed for doing something against the king or something like that and the little girl their daughter is like running away in the forest and like some knights are trying to find her 
and then um this demon bird guy in a in a nice suit and like with a suitcase uh comes across her with like a lantern and um without touching her obviously he takes her over to the the demon bird side of the land and provides her refuge in his house which is very dusty and dirty and they have to clean it and then basically it goes about their daily lives uh with the main demon bird guy who apparently used to be human and he also had a family and so he's kind of dealing with uh being like sort of a father figure again and the struggles that come with that since he if he touches her like at all then she'll just die and so um it's not like a very tense OVA but there's some parts where like they'll just be making it'll show be showing them making like breakfast or something they'll be making pancakes and he'll like reach for some ingredients and at the same time she was like about to hand it to him or something and so he has to like jerk his hand away and he like knocks something over and there's just like silence and it's just kind of a sad like eerie silence and then they just kind of are like sorry um and so the entire time i'm like man i just just somebody just give that little girl a hug but he just can't because she'll just get the curse um so that's basically what it is um some stuff happens in the longer ova uh that's actually like some story points it gets very surreal um but i think the best the my favorite parts were just the parts where they were doing like random stuff around the house like playing hide and seek and stuff um oh yeah the art style of this it all looks like it was made in like crayon like that's they're like color or like watercolor not watercolor like colored pencils kind of that kind of vibe um yeah and it it all looks very very nice and it's very well animated and if you want actually beautiful uh if you want to see more of that kind of watercolor pencil type of animation you should watch um the tale of princess kaguya it's a studio ghibli uh it's um see. that one's really really good just, just just a little side there that or midoriko which is a really weird one but that was all done in colored pencil i think um but yeah i don't really have much to say on this because there's not really much more i can say about it it's very visual um like there's really not actually I think there's zero dialogue in like the first OVA thing and it's very good. It definitely gets across the like emotions and and mannerisms really well in like the just slight movements and like actions of the characters. Um and it does it in such a way that they they don't have to speak at all to get across what's happening. Um and it's very very good. So I don't know if I at the end of the year do I count this as a movie or an, a seasonal anime or what? Because I'm gonna count I'm gonna count Cyberpunk Edge Runners as just an anime from this season because it basically is. But this one, yeah. this one's more like a movie. I'll probably just count it in movies. Probably. Um. Yeah. I'm, I might watch that this week. Yeah. It's it's not. It won't take you too long. It's basically all of it together. It's just a movie length type thing. And it's yeah. very, it's very good. Definitely worth the watch. Um, it's not really, I, I'm, I'm struggling to like recommend things similar to it, other than like the art style stuff, like you said, because it's not really like anything I've ever seen, uh, at least anime wise. Yeah, it's but... very quiet and 
it, it is what it is. It's very good. The tale of Princess Kaguya is very um, color pencil, watercolory animation like that. That's, see. that's the best I can think of. It's just a, a retelling of the classic uh, Japanese myth. Did I talk about Eno on this podcast? Maybe. I could have sworn that I did. I know, I think I wrote an article about it, but I don't remember if I just did that or if I talked about it also. Do you remember what it was about, maybe? I don't think so. I mean, I know you don't listen to me, but come on, Mark. Uh, I don't think I did. No, I didn't. But yeah, I've, I won't, I won't say too much on Inuo, but obviously it was Masaki Iwasa. It did not disappoint. Oh, no, um, no, no. You did mention that okay. at some point. Yeah, I remember okay. you talking about it now. Well, in case I didn't, you know, it was very good, and um, I re- I really liked the rock opera, I guess, drama, dance, theater take that Yuasa did. Like all Yuasa movies, very hard, or like all Yuasa things, kind of hard to explain in full uh, without just seeing it. But I'll probably talk more in detail when we get to the end of the year movie stuff because it, it was good. So, but yeah, that is surprisingly. Uh, the little amount that I have from us being off of this for a month. I am in the middle of Gao Gaigar right now, King of the Braves Gao Gaigar. Um, but I won't review that until we finish Zeta Gundam and do another mech episode. We have to do another mech episode. It's been too long. I was also in the middle of Girls Last Tour, but then I was like, no, nah, this is too calm and peaceful. I need... I need to see giant robots punching each other and warping space and time. And Gao Gagar is exactly that. So you should go finish Girls Last Tour though. I will. It's really good. Speaking of Girls Last Tour, uh I believe there are some girls in your anime that you're about to talk about, maybe. Um yes, there are some. I, I guess that's my cue. Indeed. They go, okay, I thought so. Well, now. Um, so I didn't really um, prepare anything, so I'm just going to talk about a thing I watched and a thing I read. That's so, what I always um, do. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, this first one I'm going to talk about is Origairu, which is short for Yahari Ore no Seshun Rabukome wa Mashigatairu. Um, so Orgaru, also known as um, my teen romantic comedy Snafu. Um, uh, Snafu is an acronym uh, from World War Two. It means what? it is. <laughs> yeah, it's basically soldiers said it to basically say everything is fucked up. Oh, so I thought it was uh, this whole time. I thought it was like uh an acronym for something but i didn't know what so i thought these were like two different actually i thought these were three different shows i thought there was a show called origairu i thought there was a show called my youth romantic comedy is wrong as expected and i thought there was a show called snafu which is why i never started it no even though it's just one thing um yeah so it's an acronym for situation normal all fucked up huh or already you know or yeah um, but it's more commonly known in English as uh, my romantic comedy is wrong as I expected or 
as I like to say, my youth romantic comedy is better than I expected. Is is better than I expected. I'll be the judge of that when I maybe watch it ever. <laughs> Anyways, um, basically it's about Hachiman Hikikaya Hikigaya, and um, yeah, he's he's the social outcast, and like because of because of the kind of person he was in middle school, um, he just he just became a recluse and he didn't talk to anybody anymore. But he got really good at observing people. So he became super cynical, which is I know it's not not a cliche main character at all. So far this this romantic comedy is exactly as I expected, but continue. <laughs> and so his teacher is like, um, you need to do something instead of vegetating in the corner like a moron. And so he's like, you know, I don't want to do anything. So um, anyways, his teacher makes him join the service club, which, you know, I don't understand why they have a service club, that they help people. And it's that's just about... one of those clubs and that they just have in anime sometimes that doesn't actually do anything. Like It's like the literature club because the only girl there just sits there and reads books. Yeah. I did think that was funny. They they definitely did that on purpose because we watched the first episode and they they made the joke of like, yeah, what? So like, is this like the literature club? Literature. She's like, no, you idiot. The literature club was actually exists. This is just this is the service club. He's like, oh, well. that's when he said, oh, my romantic love comedy is is not as I expected. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I do like that. Um, so he he's forced to join this the service club. And uh, this other um, girl who's somehow in there who just reads, you know, you can or just you uh, know, um, uh, she's um, she's not sociable at all. Uh, she just um, speaks her mind. So she's like, you look like a moron who doesn't do any, anything. And so that they have this banner that goes back and forth. And that goes on for a while, so that was entertaining. And then um, their their first request for the service club is from Yui Yui Kahama, which is the cheerful, outgoing, bubbly, happy person. Y- y- you know the one I'm talking about. The Kuderi. Yeah, the, the Kuderi. And she wants them to teach her how to make cookies. She wants to give cookies to someone. And then Yuki knows, like, why are you trying to fit in with people? You're just a sheep. You should learn to think for yourself. And then she's like, wow, you're so cool. Let me join your club. And so uh, that's what happens. She joins the club and... Then they help other people, and it's um, that's kind of the first season. It's it's funny. It's a lot of jokes. Um, the the dialogue is well written, I think, um, especially Kiki uh, Guy's dialogue because he's he's just cynical about everything, and he he makes these references. Uh, there's this one part where he says. Perhaps lonely people are drawn together 
like stand users are drawn together. I see. So yeah, it's just a bunch of wonky characters and wonky antics. But then uh, somewhere around halfway through this show, um, it kind of switches from a comedy and it turns into more of a drama because when Hikigaya finally, um, uh, you know, gets along with Ikino and Yui, um, he figures he can't just be his cynical self all the time anymore. He actually has to decide if he cares to help them out with things. And then, of course, um, there's the romance aspect, which um, I think was interesting because there's this other character that comes in and basically just tell them, tells them that, you know, cause, you know, obviously there's a the love triangle thing going on, going on here. I mean, we all saw that coming. I mean, that was as I expected, but what I didn't expect was um, the way they handled it because um, they get to a point where they realize that they can't just stay stay friends anymore and hang out in the club and do their antics because they're going to have to leave high school and go on and do other things. So you kind of get to see them wrestle with it a bit. And then um, he, 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 since, you know, um, they, they're both into him, he kind of has to decide you know, which direction he wants to go. And um, I think that was resolved. Uh, well, I, I, you know, I think how that love triangle was resolved made people angry. Personally, though, um, I, I thought it turned out fine, you know. Um, but that's just, that's just my take. Some people probably won't agree with me, but whatever. Um but yeah, um, if you just need a, a romantic comedy anime every now and then, um, I think this is a good fix, a good um, uh, water water in the bowl. That's not the phrase I'm looking for. Um, or rice, rice as your side dish. Anyways, um, uh, overall, I'd say it was pretty good. Um, I was not expecting that. Uh, I mean, you might even say that it wasn't as I expected your review to be. <laughs> the only thing I really know about this show was that uh, people really didn't like what happened in the end. But you said you seemed to you, you didn't mind it. Yeah, I, it, I it didn't did it well. It. It, it was in your favor, so you didn't mind it. Yeah. Well, I, um, the the love triangle did swing in the way I wanted it to, so I did not complain. So yeah, like I said, it's just because I got what I wanted, and I'm sure other people did not. So um, yeah, overall, not bad, not bad at all. I thought it was, I thought it was a decent romantic comedy. Overall, I have to say, well done. Um, but yeah, I'm not perfect. I'm not gonna say this is a masterpiece, but maybe you'll give it a watch. You can't think of anything else to do. Yeah, probably if I get bored. Yep. But once again, um, good writing for a romantic comedy. Better than I expected. 
Um, the ending, or how it turned out, not quite as I expected. Oh. But it wasn't wrong as I expected. So there you go. Um, yeah, that's my that's my thoughts on Origairu. My teen romantic comedy snafu, my youth romantic comedy is wrong as I expected. Yahiro Ora no Session, Rebukome wa Machigatairu Teru. Or, you know, um, uh, you can read the light novel series by um, Watari Watari. Um, I've only read bits and pieces, but if you want to get to know the characters more, that's probably the way to go goes more in depth you know what they should do with light novels to make people actually buy them i think what they should do is they should make the light novel an audiobook but the audiobook is in like japanese um but then you get english subtitles for the audio wait but don't worry about him (laughs) don't worry about the logistics what's the point of having english subtitles on an audio when you can just read the story but then you don't get to hear the voices mark what if you could hear the voices and read them like they were subtitles i i guess it's just like watching an anime with your eyes closed wait but then you'd have to read it oh yeah i guess not with your eyes closed okay i mean honestly i that's not too crazy of an idea i feel i feel like i would read or i guess listen to that i like i would do that before just like reading one i don't know Hmm very dumb but well also um for a lot of these light novels i think some of the the peak writing is lost in translation yeah there's a lot of character dialogue in light novels that is lost like it would be wouldn't you don't think it would be cool if the voice actors for konosuba voiced in in the light novel and you got to hear like all uh kazuma's inner dialogue i mean I that guess you can be... just do it in your head, but imagination is overrated. I need things to be just laid out for me. So, yeah. Anyway. Um. Anyways. Um. I think you had another one. It was like green circle or something. Uh, actually, it was um red triangle. I mean, blue box. Blue box. Yeah. Okay, that was unexpected. Box. Um. This is. Uh, another romantic comedy, funny enough, but also n- not wrong as I expected, or wrong as you may have expected, because it's a shonen jump manga, and it's advertised as a sports manga, but it's actually more like a shoujo romance manga, disguised as a sports shonen manga. Not confusing at all, just like the name of the other whatever the other show you just talked about. <laughs> Well, um, yeah, it is. It is technically a a sports manga, with the main overarching plot being a romance between a badminton player and a basketball girl. Um, but mostly, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll get into it. Anyways, it's about Taiki Inomata, and um, yeah, he's making his. His high school debut, um, joining the badminton team, and you know er- everything's going fine for him. And then he figures out that um, this this girl that plays basketball and comes and practices 
in the gym every morning like he does is coming to live in his house because I guess their parents, they went to America or something. I forget where. The classic. So, they're on a they're on a, a job trip to America. Yes. Either that or they're dead. There's no other option. But this time they were on a job trip to I think America. So uh yes, they they're they're obviously forced to live together because there's no other options whatsoever. Um so yeah. Um basically um they they promise together that they're gonna work hard to go to um like the national high school sports competition. Um is it's basically the highest level of, like that you can achieve in high school, I think. So um yeah. Um they they wanna go to nationals together and so that's kind of what moves the plot forward. Um, but there, there's also other side characters that came in. Um, it's not just about them. Um, uh, there's, um, his other friends in the badminton club and, uh, Hina Chono, the, the childhood friend character, because we gotta have one of those. Did they get in the way? Um, <laughs> maybe. They better not, I swear. I think that's my most hated trope in anything now. Like she's not bad though. Like she's actually a pretty good character. But um, there's this other character that was recently introduced in the manga, who became the manager for the boys' badminton team, and she just gets in the way, and she's kind of annoying. So we'll see, see how it. that goes. But um, Ch- Chinatsu's really good, but for some reason she's uh, the airhead character. So um, she doesn't really know what's going on. Like to what but... extent? Is she like the airhead character that's just like just not there at all? Or is she just kind of like clueless? Uh, she's No, she's more like clueless. Okay. But, and then um, uh, Taiki Inamata, he's kind of like the not clueless but kind of embarrassed character because he likes her, but they live together. So he's like, what do I do? Can't it's really not do like anything. we're related by blood or anything. But um, so there's the whole thing of they can't, you know, let anyone figure out they're living in the same house. So th- th- there's all that going on. You know, they they have the school festivals and fireworks stuff. It, it, you know, some of the similar things you see in these types of series. But... It's not necessarily a bad thing because um, for everything cliche that it does do, it does well. And I do have to talk about the art because it's fantastic. It's really great. I mean, it's a lot better than what you would typically see on a new Shonen Jump manga. It's really good. And the badminton action scenes, like just hitting the racket or whatever it's called, it's uh, the action scenes are drawn so well. So, um, manga author is uh, Koji Mira. So, props to Koji Mira for making such good art. 
it's it's really nice to look at. So especially all this any any of the sports scenes are just drawn especially well. I think I know why the main girl love interest is probably kind of clueless. I didn't really think about this, but it's probably just because she thinks, oh, he plays badminton, so he's probably gay. <laughs> That's probably why, right? I think so. Not that it's Maybe. a problem, just a guy playing badminton? What? And the girl plays basketball, the manly sport? Yeah. She's also um, uh, an upperclassman, so... That's an interesting dynamic. That doesn't usually it happen. It is an interesting dynamic, and I appreciate uh, pushing the normal boundaries, even if it's just by a margin. So I like seeing new and interesting things. But um, yeah, um, so obviously, you know, um, Hina is the other child. She's the childhood friend character, and she becomes... Uh, more involved as the series goes on and she's part of the school's dance team um yeah um, but let's let's just say that she's very forward she's um not not a not shy at all character very energetic which is kind of the opposite of shinatsu so you kind of get to figure out um see how taiki reacts in that situation and the yeah it's i wouldn't even really call it a romantic comedy because it's just um it's more like a straight up just a romance manga which you know is not bad it's good um yeah this is one of my favorite things that i've been reading on shonen jump lately i'm caught up currently I think there's 56 chapters out now, or 50-something, 40-something, somewhere in that range. I see. Uh, But yeah, I I really like this manga. Um, uh, I don't don't think it's that popular. I mean, compared to Spy Family, some of the other more popular Shonen Jump. But you know what? Um, I think this series deserves more attention, because it's... I think it's really good. It's got good characters. It's got good art. And I think it deserves more popularity than it gets. So um, I hope they make an anime for it, actually. I see. Um, I don't it probably know. will at some point. I, since it is in Shonen I, Jump. I hope so. It is a Shonen Jump, so they probably will. But um, yeah. It's been, and I think an anime would work well considering it's got sports and you can get those action shots and you can get those reactions. So I'll, I'll be, I'm going to be interested to see where the series goes. I'm kind of concerned about this new character that the author recently introduced to cause basically to cause drama. I don't, I don't know about the decision, but we'll see how it goes. But so far, um, blue box is, it's an A plus from me so far. It gets a gold star for Shonen Jump. It gets a a blue badge, a golden ticket. Would recommend. I think what needs to happen is they just need to kill off this character. 
Like she just needs to die, and then and then they just kind of brush over it. Yeah, like because um they they did a they did a facial reaction in the last chapter where um his love interest Chinatsu just sees the other character doing weird stuff and her her eyes just go dark and no. <laughs> <laughs> no. And she becomes a cold-blooded killer with no emotion. <laughs> I, I hate that's gonna go. Okay, so I lied. The childhood friend getting in the way is not my least favorite trope. My least favorite one is when misunderstandings in in the yeah. romance shows when it's like uh, um like somebody falls on somebody trying to like get something up high or something, and then the love interest walks by, and then they're like, huh, "I'm never talking to you again." And then it's like a thing for like four episodes and it's just obnoxious and awful. Yeah. Um, Taiki, he doesn't uh, deal with misunderstandings in a very healthy way. Let's just say that. Um, he goes, ah, and then he just starts stabbing them and killing him. He's like, nobody can see the evidence of this. And it's actually just like a twisted story about him killing everybody he has a misunderstanding with so that his crush doesn't um, like think something's off. That would be an interesting premise, actually. <laughs> Just put in every single trope character from rom-coms, from rom-com manga, and then just have the main character be like, "I, but I can't have, I can't have somebody walk by and see this happening." And then he just start and just kills them and gets rid of the evidence. Just on the last episode, goes on a a, a Patrick Bateman. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then the end of it is like. He's just sitting in his class and nobody's actually dead. And he's just sitting in the corner by the window doing nothing because he's a loner and he'll never amount to anything. And then it ends. Uh, yeah. That'd be interesting though. It would. Yeah. Once again, um, I don't know what the purpose of just adding that little annoying character in there, what the purpose of that was. It was so sad in, uh, Komi-san when the when the new character came and it wasn't because they were a bad character it was that they were a really good character but they just weren't Komi-san I feel like I mention this every single time I think you do I, I, it's it's become a Netflix anime adaptation thing <laughs> oh if we didn't talk about Netflix anime adaptations Mark or live action ones well, we, yeah we have to we have to talk about a live action Netflix adaptation every time like for everything I said about Cyberpunk Edge Runners, if it was live action, that would have been amazing. But it was just kind of fine. But they, then, they really need to go to live action next time. You know, every time I've got to mention that the uh, erased live action yeah. on Netflix was half decent. I think we checked all the boxes. Is there anything else we say every episode? Uh, I don't know. I know one thing we say every episode, but it's usually at the end. And that is goodbye. So long, farewell, Alfeeders, and goodbye. See you later, alligator. After a while, while. crocodile. What? A double-decker couch? This is the single most stupid idea I have ever heard of. Who's going to want to sit on the bottom? Who's going to have people's legs dangling (laughs) over them the whole time? And then what about the coolers under the seats? That people are going to have to make people get up to get to them? That's just an inconvenience, right? <laughs> I think we should have an episode 
one day where we just recite the entirety of the Lego movie. I think so. It'll be it'll be like a troll episode where the only thing we do is recite the Lego movie. <laughs> what would we what would be the troll title of it? Um like the clickbait title. Like podcast episode twenty four. It'd be like the isekai episode covering every major isekai and then it's just us talking just reciting the lego movie what's a show that we've avoided watching um, that's like semi-popular i still haven't watched demon slayer you haven't seen d De- oh, okay i've seen demon slayer because i i exist on this earth it's not the greatest thing ever but it it's good it's not like way okay well i guess depending on what your definition of the term overhyped is i guess it is but it's still good. The action is is worth it. Sometime I'll probably get around to that. Yeah, I guess we could title it like "Finally Catching Up to My Hero Academia," and then it's just us yeah. reciting the Lego. Movie. Or it's like the entire uh, the entirety of Bleach review. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, we both watched the same amount of Bleach. We did. We, could we both stopped Bleach. at the exact same place, pretty much. As- I think that's widely acknowledged to be like the best part of Bleach is that segment. Yeah, and, it, and to be fair, it was it was a fun time. I had fun watching that. And then I just got hit with the reality of Bleach filler. And then I was like, eh. Yeah, after they saved Rukia, it was kind of like mission accomplished. So Yeah, that, that should have been the end of the series. I wonder if it was meant to be. I know there was like the whole conspiracy with Eisen. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's true. But they should have just gotten right into that. If they had done that, then I would have kept watching, but they just went off somewhere else. I was like, what? You're not even going to, what? Like, no, he has to prepare. He'll be back in another like two years or something. Like, I don't, what? Just get to it. Yeah, Yeah, it'll be the entirety of Bleach Review. We caught up and these are our thoughts. And then we'll start off and I'll be like, so we we're about to review the entirety of Bleach, and then we recite the entire Lego movie, and we're like, "Yeah, it's it's not very good." And then we just end the episode. That's people are gonna get on, and then I'm gonna be like, "Good morning, apartment. Good morning, plant. What a way to start the day!" Isn't there supposed to be a a good cop? A good cop, huh? Would you like oh, a glass of water? Hi, boy. Hey, buddy. Would you like a glass of water? It's like, Too oh, yeah, bad. sure. I'd, I'd love a glass. Too bad. Like, I just got cameras. caught photo Im- images of you convulsing with a strange beast. I'm sorry, convulsing with a what? Why is it permanently stuck to your back? He goes, ah, ah. And he's like, Mike, look, um, I just believe me, officer. I, I didn't know. I didn't know it was much my back. Please believe me. And he's like, oh, I believe you. I believe you too. You see the quotation marks I'm making with my claw hands? It means I don't believe you. Just ask my friends. Ask my friends. They'll, They'll tell you everything. Oh, we'll ask them. You see, yeah. see, Dave, he likes sausages. That's something. <laughs> this guy, he's he's nothing. He has nothing. Yeah, I've seen him, but like, I know Zippy Zap about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the one guy, he's like, he's like yeah, everybody else you see, like, like she likes croissants, and uh, and, and like he likes to party. Now this guy, he's just kind of like, and then he like his face just goes like expressionless. He's like, yeah. you know, <laughs> he's like when I um when I say Dave or 
what was the guy's name uh it was like greg was it greg greg oh, dave no. or greg or something it's the sausage guy the sausage something. guy yeah he's like, guys i go ah, ah, ah when i when i see that <laughs> <guy>. <laughs> when i see that guy i go <laughs> timeless classic yeah we should probably end the episode <laughs> probably. all right until next time 